Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another recording of The Brown Bag. Uh, we are kicking off a new series tonight with Britton Johnson. He's going to take us deep into the bowels of NSXT. Uh, tonight, we'll be starting off with an introduction, and we'll hear more about the deeper functionality in following weeks. Uh, I'm going to hand it over to Britton in a moment, but before I do, a few housekeeping notes. Um, we are recording this live, but we, and we want you to interact with us, so if you're in the audience tonight, Please feel free to ask questions in the Q&A. Uh, we have a chat as well, but I'm going to be watching the Q&A specifically. Also, I'll be watching Twitter. So use the hashtag VBrownBag as well to uh, interact with us there. I'll be catching up with that, and I'll relay your questions to Britton. Uh, before I pass it over to him, I want to mention that we have other shows as well. If you love VBrownBag and once a week does not get your fix, check out our other times as well. With that, I will hand it over to Britton, and he will give us some NSXT goodness. All right, let me make you presenter. I just have to start. Uh, All right, go ahead. Hopefully you got it. I do. All right. Thanks, Ken. It's good to be back on V Brown Bag. It's been a couple of years, um, and uh, it's always a good time. So this presentation series that we're starting is sort of a continuation in the spirit of the series that uh, Mr. Tim Davis did a few couple of years ago, um, where he kind of dove deeply into the NSX for vSphere and covered, you know, everything from A to B with that particular product set. So since VMware is sort of moving to the next generation platform of NSX, which is NSXT, um, so we thought, you know, let's, let's dive into this. And, and we wanted to kind of make it um, very focused around what the current VCP exam is, is testing for. Um, so that's why I am, I'm sticking, most of this is gonna be based around version 2.4, um, maybe with some 2.5 stuff in there. Um, and, you know, we'll probably, by the, maybe by the time we get all of these done, um, potent, but the potential exists that later this summer we'll do a follow-up with uh, 3.0 when 3.0 is released. Um, but for the time being, um, this is sticking around 2.4 for very specific reasons, um, and that is why. Okay, let me try this here. Okay, who am I? Again, my name is Britton Johnson. I'm a uh, VMware NSX Senior Solutions Engineer for the healthcare market for VMware. Um, so that, that means I specifically focus on customers in the healthcare industry. Um, you know, large university, you know, hospital systems, um, healthcare providers, that kinds of thing. Um, I'm in the VExpert program. If you're not familiar with the VExpert program, it's sort of VMware's own, um, you know, user community driven. Um, led group of people who are, you know, evangelists for you know, what v VMware products and, and what we do. Um, you don't have to be an employee to be in it. I, I became a V expert before I would, before I started working with for VMware. Um, it's a it's an excellent program. The you know there's a an application process. Just go to vexpert.com or vmware.vexpert.vmware.com to look more into that if you're interested. If you're a blogger, if you're somebody who promotes you know, all things VMware, um, you should certainly look into the VXP program. Um, I have a bunch of certifications and I've, I've, I'm trying to renew and re-up all of them on the latest uh, NSXT stuff. Um, sadly, I, I sat the latest NSXT exam once with almost no prep time just to go see what it was like because there was only one time slot open the other one day and I just went and did it. And I did fail it, but just barely. So, you know, hopefully after all of this prep for giving these talks, I'll be able to go in and sit it again and, and hit it out of the park. So, and shameless plug for my podcast. So, you know, there's always that. Um, all right. So agenda for not just today, but for the entire series. Um, the goal really is to today kind of be a, an intro and an overview of the core components and capabilities of NSXT. Um, you know, 
things that it can do, what it, you know, or where it fits, use cases, that kind of thing. And then, and sort of just, just the general infrastructure overview of, uh, you know, what an, S, what an SXT is, how it's deployed in an environment, and, and where we go from there. Um, the next following, we're going to, I'm signed up to do these every other week for the next four weeks. Um, and so, you know, the next one I'll be doing is NSXT. We're going to do a deep dive into how routing and switching works. Um, and then we'll do a specific episode on security and distributed firewalling. Um, and the last one we'll talk about NSX cloud and migration with uh, VMware uh, HCX or hybrid cloud extension, uh, as it's commonly called, which is sort of a, a you know, a bonus add on to NSX. Um, it's a super powerful product. And, and, you know, I'm looking forward to, uh, to getting deep, deep, more deep into HCX because it's, it's one of these really growing areas for VMware and things that we are deeply investing in. So learning resources. The, the, this, I think, is probably the, one of the biggest pieces of doing a vBrown bag is highlighting various learning resources. So um, most of the different business units within VMware have various places that you can go to learn things. The one that I have never seen a whole lot of attention get thrown around is the NSX Tech Zone. Um, so if you are at all interested in learning anything to do with NSX, go to the NSX Tech Zone website. Um, it is stocked full of awesome information um, about you know anything from you know learning NSX APIs or you know just basic you know, NSXT information or even you know NSX you know V to T migrations and that kind of stuff. Um, so definitely check out the check check out the Tech Zone site. Um, there is a really good Coursera course out there for NSX for vSphere. Um, I'm hoping that that'll get updated to T. I have not heard anything specifically about that yet, but um, that's, there's an excellent resource there. And then the main thing I wanted to plug is the NSXT install configure manage class. Um, so right now, you know, as as the, we are, you know. A lot of people are working from home these days. Um, the one thing I wanted to highlight is this NSXT ICM class it is available in an on-demand format. So if you're looking for training to do at your own pace, you know, you can take 30 days to do it. Um, if your employer gives you reimbursement for educational expenses, this is a really good option. And, you know, you don't have to travel. You can do it at your own pace. And, and, and you get, you know, as you go through all the labs and go through all the actual course materials, you get full credit for the class. Um, and, it's, and it's taught by, you know, one of our top really, really, really good expert NSX trainers. Um, you'll, if, you, if you subscribe to this class and watch it, you'll see. I mean, the guy's unbelievably good. Um, so, so definitely, you know, check that out as probably a, a good, you know, next step, especially if you are, on the path to the VCPNV certification. Last thing, um, if you're on the path for VCPNV 2020, go get the blueprint. Um, this is seems like a really simple thing, and but it you know, but it's also a very simple thing to kind of forget and overlook. Um, you know, if you're studying for the test and you aren't looking at the blueprint, you're likely overstudying or you're studying the wrong things. Um, there are sections in the exam that are listed for various parts of the product and more than likely as you, you know, go through, you know, things that, things that you need to learn about NSX, they may not necessarily be on the VCP exam itself for this particular go around. So anytime you are doing an exam, especially a VMware exam, get the blueprint, study the blueprint first. So that way you know what you need to know when you go in to set the exam, because otherwise you may just be kind of filling your brain with information that you don't necessarily need at that moment. Um, and if you're like me, there's only so much stuff you can stuff in your head at once. All right. So I wanted to start off with sort of an analogy of NSXV and NSXT. I don't want to spend a whole lot of time, um, breaking apart, you know, the why or what the differences are, or, you know, how is V, you know, what, what is V compared to T or is T better? You know, it's, it's one of these things of, it, it's a situation that is happening and we just kind of have to go with the flow on it. 
And, you know, so this is my quick and dirty explanation, I think, of, of you know, why we're doing this. So <clears throat> I, I often look at, you know, NSX and networking in general. It's sort of, you know, it's like transportation for your workloads, much like a car. And this is the original, you know, 1970s-ish Mustang Mach 1. So the Mach 1, you know, uh, was a groundbreaking, mus groundbreaking muscle car for its time. It was cool. It was fast. It was loud. It was the definition of what a hot rod muscle car should be. You know, it was, it was, it, at the time it was, you know, really the car to have for, you know, this, this kind of, if you, were, if you were looking for a muscle car, you were looking at the Mustang Mach 1. You know, it, it, it just what it was. And so now, as we kind of move forward, you know, this is what we're looking at next is this Mustang Mach E. Now, I'm not trying to upset diehard Mustang fans. Sorry, Tony. Um, it's, it, it, you know, the, the, the Mach E is this sort of next evolution of what, you know, we're looking at now for the Mustang. And, you know, it's all electric, it's four doors, it's highly advanced technology the Mach 1 could never have dreamed of. It's quiet, it's fast, it's smooth, it drives itself, it has advanced security. You know, it's, 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 it sort of has everything the original has because it has four wheels and doors and windows and locks and, you know, it's, it, it, it can take you places just like the original. But yet, at the same time, you know, it's got so much more. And, and much like the Mustang going through this transition, you know, NSX is sort of doing something very similar. You know, not a lot of what you've learned about NSX for vSphere is going to parallel with NSXT. You know, realistically, are they both networking platforms? Yes. Um, will they both, you know, allow your workloads to communicate in a virtual environment? Absolutely. But you really can't make a real direct comparison between the two because they're different platforms for different generations, much the way the Mustang Mach 1 was a Mustang for one generation and the Mach-E is a Mustang for a new generation. Um, so it's, you know, while they're similar, they are at their core completely different architectures and that's not a bad thing. So with that analogy, Britton, does that mean that um, network virtualization fans should keep a copy of NSXV around and maybe put a new paint job on it and everything? <laughs> uh, maybe. Hang on one second. All right. Okay. And uh, Graham says also put a racing stripe on NSXV. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. All right. So, um, if you're if you've been around you know vmware as a customer or a partner you've seen probably this slide um and you know i hate to do the uh the, the architecture slides here for an educational session but um if you look at the blueprint this is actually part of the exam you you need to understand sort of the general overall vision of what a virtual cloud network is and how you know VMware's mission of protecting you know any device, any application, any cloud, how that actually works, um, because you know you're going to see at least possibly one question on it, um, and so you know that that's the real reason I wanted. I, you know, I felt I felt compelled to to include this in here because you know how we deliver on the vision of virtual cloud networking. You know it's 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 the, the complete network virtual inter infrastructure delivered in software you know, with VMware NSX portfolio. I mean, it, it's a whole suite of applications. I mean, that, that's sort of the key thing to note. Oh, I lost my pointer on the wrong screen. You know, uh, as you go around the circle, I mean, all of these things are connected by NSX. So, you know, no matter what it is in your environment, you know, and NSX touches it at some point and when we'll provide some level, some layer of communication to it. Um, and, and that's, you know, the, the reason, the, the way we can do that and the only way we can do that is this can only be done in software, um, you know, providing consistent networking end to end, um, and, and doing that all in software, you know, brings things to, together in a programmatical, you know, way that it gives agility and adaptability and enables organizations to move faster. Um, and, and ultimately, you know, it allows us to also layer security built in as opposed to being bolted on. Um, which is another real key component that, that, you know, you need to understand that concept, especially going for an exam. It's having that built-in security part. And ultimately, it's about building, you know, consistency in the network and security policy, you know, for data and applications, regardless of where they are. 
Um, and so that way your security, you know, can follow the application and, and, you know, it, you know, if you are going from, you know, an on-prem data center to a public cloud, you know, we, we want the ability to, to secure that application once and let things, you know, move it around. Cool. My favorite part of this slide is things. If I take the exam, <laughs> I, if I remember nothing else, I'll just remember things. Things, yes. It's very, very important, the things. Um, you know, don't, don't forget about the users, too. They're important as well. Yeah, sure, them too. Yeah. Okay, this is my last architecture slide. So, and it's it, it's kind of a re, re messaging of the same thing where you know NSXT is the backbone for everything. You know, be it you know virtual machines, containers, bare metal servers, and we'll talk more about that specifically in a bit. Um, and then you know again, it's it's your bridge to native public clouds and you know VMware cloud destinations like you know VMware Cloud on AWS or the VCPP program for all of the 4,000 some cloud providers um, who are part of the, the VMware cloud provider program. Um, so it's our way to kind of really ensure that, you know, things are consistently applied, you know, no matter where they live. All right, and this will hopefully be the only other NSX comparison between V and T that I will do um, because, and I don't want to, and I want to intentionally do that because, um, you know, when I started learning more about T, you know, I wanted to so badly be able to take all of my VCIX NSX for vSphere knowledge and transfer that to NSX T. And everybody told me, don't do that because it doesn't work. And stubbornly, as tried as I might, you know, I, I still tried to do it and they were right. Um, and, and ultimately you kind of have to just, it's, it's re it really works best if you, you know, assume you don't know anything about NSXV when learning NSXT. Um, but because these questions come up, this is, you know, we're all kind of try to address some of that. So, you know, the common capabilities between them, yes, the software-based network virtualization, you know, it's, it's in an overlay. Um, you know, we have a couple of different ways that we deal with overlays in NSXT versus V. Um, you know, the distributed firewall, firewall income functions is still there and it's very much API driven, um, which APIs um, were a big thing in, in NSX for vSphere, but they're even more in NSXT. We'll, we'll, get, we'll hopefully get into that a little bit here. Um, the, the main thing to, to kind of notice between the difference between v, NSX for vSphere and T, um, NSXT truly is a multi-platform uh, system. Um, you know, we, we use our own ESXi hypervisor, the open source KVM hypervisor, and then realistically, we can also protect bare metal workloads now. Um, and that is something that NSX for vSphere could not ever do. Um, and then the shift to public cloud integration is, is even more, you know, tightly integrated than, than it ever could have been with NSX for vSphere. So starting, you know, back in the day, 2014, NSX for as it as it came in from the NICERA acquisition and, you know, all the way to today, I mean, you know, we're, we're constantly adapting and accelerating the deployment of new features and things that are coming in um, at, a, at a really, really fast pace. It's, you know, being internal to VMware now, it's, it's really hard to keep up on this stuff, um, which is part of why I wanted to do this series of presentations is just to, to you know, force me to learn more of this and learn, learn how better to communicate it to people. Um, and, and I think the, the, the main thing to, to, to point out here is, you know, with the 2.5, you know, we launched out the NSX intelligence platform add-on, which gives now, you know, full IPS and IDS services. So that NSX is really becoming, you know, a complete network security solution. Um, more so than ever was before. And we still have partner integrations for security additional, um, but really, you know, NSX is becoming a, a standalone platform in that, in that regard. And, and first and foremost to that point, you know, NSX is a platform. Um, it's way beyond just one product. I mean, yeah, when, back when NSX for vSphere was a thing, I mean, it really was just one product. Um, you know, and now, you know, we've moved into where it's multi-hypervisor, you know, yeah, it's, we cover bare metal stuff. Um, 
you know, the bare metal part is, is Linux today, um, but in 3.0, as, as that is coming out, and I think this has been announced, um, you know, we will be covering Windows physical workloads in, in, in the future. So, you know, as we kind of keep advancing, we're, we're going to keep spreading out across more and more of the network and being able to, to apply more and more security um, as things roll. On the services side, you know, NSX still delivers the same network services it always has, um, you know, be it NATS, you know, load balancer. Um, and the load balancing space is getting very interesting with our addition of Avi Networks, um, which has kind of become, it's kind of sort of kind of being relabeled as the NSX Advanced Load Balancer. Um, but, you know, Avi, the NSX Advanced Load Balancer, I mean, the, the way that that system works, um, it, 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 from the core infrastructure side of things, it's deployed very similar to the way NSX is where, you know, it has a management plane, a control plane, a data plane. Um, and, and it's, you know, it, it's, it's very analogous to the way that NSX works. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm sure you're, we'll probably have to, you know, get somebody on, on the V Brown bag, Ken, to do a, an Avi deep dive if that hasn't already been done. I don't know if it has, but we can certainly set that up. Yeah. You put your people in contact with my I'll, people. Yeah, I'll, I'll, introduce, I'll, I'll introduce you to some people, yeah. Um, and, on, you know, and on the networking side, you know, all the, the, the key changes here now is, you know, all virtual distributed switch management is done by NSX now with the introduction of the NVDS, or the NSX virtual distributed switch. Um, you know, and I'm going to cover some terminology updates in a bit. That's one of the biggest learning curve items when learning NSXT is there's a bunch of new terminology. Um, and that's, again, also very important stuff for if you're after the exam. Um, and yeah, so, so like in days past, the virtual distributed switch part of vSphere where you, you know, connect all the hosts in a cluster on one central virtual distributed switch. Everything was uniform. Um, that was controlled by vCenter. Um, the NVDS as a construct is controlled exclusively by NSX and is owned wholly by it. Um, so, you know, it's, it's really placing separation between what the vSphere admin does and what the network admin does um, as part of one of the reasons that we did that. And then, you know, the only other networking thing I want to mention today is, you know, today only um, BGP is our only supported dynamic routing protocol in NSXT. Um, I, I fully expect that OSPF will be added in in the future, um, but I have not seen any specific timelines on that yet. Security is still one of the strongest positions of NSX as a security appliance. You know, we're beginning to, to talk more about NSX as sort of a, you know, one-off security solution in addition to just plain covering everything, um, you know, for, for smaller organizations who want specific security services, we can, you know, deploy NSX in a sort of a appliance mode um, and allow it to do, you know, packet inspections and things like that. Um, and then, you know, but NSX is still the standard for how micro-segmentation is done best. Um, you know, we still apply distributed firewall rules um, at the virtual machine network interface level, um, you know, it's tighter and closer integration than any other product in the market. Um, and this is really sort of our, you know, shining star, as it were, of, of what we can do for, for securing workloads. And then, you know, tag-based tag security grouping is probably one of the, the, it is the best way to scale an organ, you know, a security plan for your organization. Um, you know, this is the thing I'm, I'm seeing more with customers who are deploying NSX in an enterprise way. Um, you can't really do micro-segmentation in a, in, a, in a scalable way without a good tag security plan. So and that's, boy, even that could be a, a full V Brown bag, Ken. Man, I'm, I'm going to give you guys a lot of work to do. Well, I mean, you'd be the one presenting. The <laughs> I'm not doing You're that giving one. yourself more work. Yeah, I'll, I'll give somebody else that one today. <clears throat> All right, um, I'm gonna skip through some more stuff here because we're already starting to go slower than we probably should. Um, okay, APIs. NSXT supports Open API, um, and it, we do allow you to dynamically create libraries and modules in multiple languages with a tool called Swagger Code Gen. Um, it, it it sounds really cool, probably because it is. Um, 
you know, Swagger Code Gen allows you to, you know, take um, API and let's do lifecycle management of it from design and documentation. Um, you know, it basically allows conversion from, you know, Java or Python into, you know, APIs that um, NSX can ingest. Um, and, you know, it's, the API side of NSX is something that I'm really trying to ramp myself up more on. Um, because it's, you know, as, as you get into, you know, software-defined networking specifically, um, you know, being able to, to manipulate it and configure it in a programmatical way um, is really important. All right, so here's sort of a terminology map. Um, so, you know, you might be familiar with some of these if you're in the NSX for V world. Um, and, you know, like, we used to call things a logical switch, and we now kind of refer to them as segments. Um, each kind of piece of the pie, as it were, has sort of a different terminology to it now. Um, and so that's one thing, especially if you're going through the exam topics, you know, you need to understand the different kind of terminology mappings because they might try to throw an old terminology at you on a question and trip you up. So just make sure you're kind of keeping on top of the, the lingo, as it were, and into how that's changed. So part of how this is deployed now, um, you know, in the different various uh, layers, um, any core NSX component that can carry virtual network workloads is effectively what we refer to as a node. Um, so a hypervisor, be it, you know, ESXi or KVM, is now referred to as a transport node. Transport node. And, you know, the, this is sort of a little bit different because it's, you know, because we're not managing the network and we're not managing things as in inside of vSphere, you know, we're not just looking at, you know, hosts and clusters and all that kind of thing. Those, those kind of um, terminologies, they still do matter, but at the same time, you know, the, we, we also have, you know, these things called edge nodes um, and, and then we have the bare metal nodes. So basically anything that NSX can manage network, network ability or network constructs for, you know, we refer to as a node. Um, and hey, Brenton? Yeah. Can I break in with a quick question from uh, Graham? Yeah. It's actually referring to a couple slides back, and you don't need to back up, but he's just wondering when you're talking about capabilities, specifically automation, why there was no mention of PowerShell. Mm. Um, good question. I'll have to get back to you on that one. And maybe my guy Cosman in the chat room, if he's there, he might be able to answer that a little bit better because he's our automation guy. So specifically, I don't know that we've removed, I, I don't believe that we've removed any support for PowerShell or PowerNSX specifically um, would be our variant of that. But, you know, we are kind of moving more of the things that I have seen in terms of automation I've seen a lot more going towards things like Ansible and Terraform and those kind of playbooks of, you know, building things out in that sort of a structure. Um, I'm fairly certain there is still PowerShell support, but you know, don't quote me on that until I look it up and post it on Twitter later. Fair enough. And Cosman is saying REST API via VRA is a lot cleaner. He's basically advocating REST APIs <laughs> over NSX. Yes. There you go. To clear my throat there for a second. Okay. So again, we have this concept now of nodes in the environment where, you know, it's transport nodes, edge nodes, you know, bare metal nodes, and you know, every everything that is a node is is effectively a network device that that is managed by NSX. Um, and you know, the, the only other kind of important thing to note is, you know, the these edge nodes are sort of like kind of like what the edge services gateways were in NSX for vSphere, but like 10 times more. Um, 
and we'll we'll, we'll talk specifically in follow in the follow up series on switching and routing about edge nodes um, because there's a lot to them. Um, certainly a lot more than the uh, edge services gateways ever had. Okay, any other questions thus far before I dive into the various platform components? See no questions, just uh, a few comments debating which routing protocols are best. <laughs> All right. I know, I know a lot of networking people get really, really excited about routing protocols, so. Okay, so this is sort of the glance of the different components of what makes NSX work. Um, you know, and, and yeah, here we are again with, um, you know, automation and no PowerShell listed. So again, I'm gonna have to follow up on that. But, you know, these three separate, but integrated planes, you know, the management control and data plane, you know, they're, they're implemented as a set of processes or modules and agents residing on these various nodes. Um, you know, it's very similar to how things are built in V, but there are some changes. We'll see that in a minute. So the management plane, you know, it, it, yeah, so it provides our entry, entry point into the system. You know, it, it connects, you know, it's connected to all the nodes in the system. And, you know, the, the management plane agent effectively run, it can run relatively independently of the control plane, but, um, you know, there are scenarios where its fate is shared because they run on the same host. So, you know, if you lose the host that the management plane is on, obviously there's going to be some problems there. Um, so, you know, the management plane agent specifically is, you know, it's locally accessible and remotely accessible. Um, it runs on transport nodes, control nodes, and end management nodes for node management. Um, on transport nodes, it may perform some data plane related tasks as well. And another good item for, you know, test takers is understanding the role of the, uh, the, the central control plane, the, or the CCP and the, and the local control plane, the LCP, um, and the communication channels between them. Um, this is for, for sure something you will see um, in an exam format. But in detail, you know, um, the control plane, we basically we build a, a controller cluster of, of three appliances and, you know, they get secured with this open VPN mesh. Um, Zookeeper is used as a clustering solution, you know, to maintain NSX as a distributed system, um, maintain the liveliness of information participation in each node. Um, it's uh, the Zookeeper protocol it's used, um, or initialized with container initialization framework called Moot. Moot starts a Docker container and runs, you know, Zookeeper on every cluster node. Um, so it's, it's, you know, highly available and ensures sort of, you know, the full availability for the cluster for management. Edge transport nodes. And again, we'll get more into edges in the, in our next installment with switching and routing. But for now, um, just know that these are extremely powerful and flexible network appliances. Um, they're required for stateful services and act as the bridge to other networks. Um, you know, they can be deployed as a, as a virtual machine appliance or for high throughput use cases as a physical node. Um, and that's where the, the edge nodes really come into their own. I have a question, Britton. Yeah. I saw the point at the bottom that the Edge transport node is not the same as an NSX for vSphere edge services gateway, but is it similar in functionality, even though it's a new product, quote unquote? It it does do a lot of the same. I mean, there are there are there are similarities. I'll say that. Um, you know, the if you're going to deploy, you know, VPN services, it's going to run on an edge node. Um, you know, much like on an edge services gateway, but you know, the the, the these nodes particularly a lot are a lot beefier. I guess is a, I don't know if that's a technical term, but um, you heard it here first. Beefy <laughs> is the VMware term, but they can certainly run um, a lot more services than the edge services gateways could. So again, we'll we'll cover those in much greater detail on the next episode. Nice.
So I have to throw this in there because, you know, the, the data plane development kit, it's, it's an important piece that, that is available for customers to use. Um, but I only kind of bring this up as sort of a cautionary tale because, because of this one little line right here where the NVDS in enhanced data path mode on NSX. Um, when you are deploying an NVDS in NSXT, um, it sort of gives you a couple of different options. And there's this fun little button you can say, you know, hey, let's turn this on in enhanced data path mode. And if you're not really re reading the fine print, you can think, well, you know, it must be like buying, you know, extra strength Tylenol. It's better because it's extra. Um, you know, you don't necessarily want to turn this on just because it's enhanced and because it sounds better. Um, enabling the enhanced data path mode um, for an NVDS and NSXT, what it actually does is whatever host or node that you turn that on to, it puts a reservation on the CPUs on that host and it, it essentially will cripple it from being able to do other services um, because it's going to re reserve CPU for network transmission only. Um, and this is, this is something that really we've seen, you know, when a, when a customer deploys, um, you know, a bare metal edge node or network function virtualization for tele, you know, telecom services or ISPs, um, you know, that's typically where we'll see them turn this on or they'll have a specific cluster of hosts um, in the enhanced data path mode because all those machines are doing is doing network, you know, communication and they have to reserve their CPUs for just that. Um, and they want it to run really fast and be really reliable. Um, you know, that's where it gets used. So, you know, it's one of those things of if you're not careful and you just start turning things on, um, you could kind of cause yourself some trouble. So don't use it unless you absolutely know you need to use it. And Ken, if there's other questions, just certainly let me know because I'm not watching that at all. Yeah, I got I got one for you here. Uh, so is the edge node the new VTEP? And I, I asked that, I relay that one to you knowing kind of that the answer would be different. And then um, so that's, yeah. Are not, huh? that, that's sort of, uh, let me get to that in a second. Um, the, the VTEP is now no longer, we, we basically we dropped the V and they're now just called TEPs. Um, you know, same sort of basic idea still applies where, you know, it's a, the IP address is physically assigned to the NIC uh, of the host um, for managing overlay communication in the cluster. Um, and, and actually, I don't actually have a, a specific data point on that because that's more on the switching routing side. So again, see our next episode on switching and routing and how we do things. And that's perfect. Yeah. Leave it there. Well, it's yeah. a teaser. Yes, teaser. So the NSX Manager appliance, you know, what, what kind of changed if, you're, if, you, if you were following along for the early releases of NSXT from 2.0 to 2.3, um, everything was still sort of in a very split mode. And so in NSX 2.4, we, we actually converged um, the manager and the controller into this new thing called the manager appliance. And, and we kind of, you know, simplified the scale out of the environment. You, know, you don't have to have as many machines. Um, to do this and, and you know, just sort of um, shrunk the footprint that NSX requires to be deployed in your environment. So this is sort of, again, that, that data slide that shows, you know, the various components before 2.4. And so this is what it is now and, and going forward where, you know, the management and control plane have been converged into a single cluster. Um, and it is still just a three node cluster. Um, no more, you really don't need any more than three. Um, you know, once we have that, that's all we need. Um, you know, they do need to sit um, within the same IP subnet. Generally speaking, there are ways that you can do it if you, for whatever reason, if your design requires that, you know, the management, NSX managers, um, if, if you have a design requirement that they be in different subnets, there are ways to do that, but not necessarily a recommended thing to do. We have a question about the manager appliance, by the way. Sure. Matt wants to know, does the manager appliance run on Photon? Good question. I, I, again, I'll have to look at that one. I don't believe it does. 
actually. I think it's, I think it's running its own other thing, but it only, I'll, I'll tweet back at that later. All right, you, you can tweet to Matt Crate. All right. <clears throat> only if he sends me coffee crisp. I'll let you work that out with him. <laughs> All right. Um, so this is sort of a high-level overview of the management control plane and data plane and how it relates to the distributed firewall. Um, you know, we, we take things in, you know, again, on the top via you know, the UI or REST or, the, you know, various cloud management platforms um, and roll things down. What I want to illustrate here again is, you know, with NSXT, the configuration is, is pushed from the management plane through the central control plane to the transport nodes or the hypervisor. Um, let's roll through this more here. And then part, as part of the, the cluster setup, you know, you, the main way we set this up, if all three of these, you know, managers are in the same subnet, you, know, you can actually turn on within NSX itself a virtual IP um, that will, you know, balance the load between the three. And that way, you know, it, you know, it, it, it ensures availability so that not, 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 not one of the managers gets overloaded by the other. Um, the managers will also, you know, sort of, talk to specific hosts in the cloud in your various clusters um, and they'll sort of like always talk to the same one just to kind of make sure that things don't get you know out of out of whack um, but they will change if of course one of them goes down and then again if you wanted to do managers in different subnets you know you'd either have to deploy um, an nsx load balancer or some sort of an external third-party load balancer. Um, and then we can work around that that way. All right. So the other thing you'll see is this idea of the simplified UI or the, um, what we refer to as the advanced user interface. Um, so, and I'm actually going to kind of roll through a little bit of a demo with this. Uh, Question, do you uh, demo to people like that with a tablet sitting in the hallway? I should. All right, do you see this? Yes, we do. Welcome to the NSXT interface. So when you're first setting things up in, the, in a brand new environment, you'll need to kind of get very familiar with the fabric section of the system overview area. Um, let me jump back up to the appliances area. So this is one of my labs that I've got built out in, the, in our our lab area and you know today I only have a single manager out here but this is where you would set you know your virtual IP if you had three of them out here and then that way you know the virtual IP manages connection to all three of them um, you know it gives you you know some good feedback on you know the stability of the environment you know how things look and when we, are, we're, when we try to make things as simple as possible in the user interface as well, where we're going to step you through, you know, setting up transport nodes, um, you know, adding NSX hosts, edges, transport zones, uh, uplink profiles, all and the like. Um, I think the key stuff to note here is, you know, when you're adding nodes, um, you know, you can add standalone hosts, which would be your KVM hosts, or, you know, if you had maybe one or two ESXi individual hypervisor host that you wanted to add that weren't part of a vCenter. Um, you know, say you're onboarding a new host and you wanted to throw some NSX stuff on there first to try it out. You can certainly add an individual host. That's, that's one of the nicer things of NSXT is it doesn't necessarily have to be all tied to, v, to a vCenter. Um, you know, we will certainly manage hosts that are connected to a vCenter, but it's not really a requirement anymore. 
In the profile section, you know, this is something I'll, I'll probably try to get through um, also in our switching and routing environment. So this is another teaser. Um, you know, when you're building out a new environment, you know, you're, you're going to set up a lot of profiles. Um, profiles are sort of what, you know, the, some of the secret sauce that makes this thing really work, especially in a scale out environment. Um, you know, it, it's how we deploy, you know, the, the, the tips, just sort of the new version of the VTEP. Um, those are kind of, a lot of those are managed and controlled by these uplink profiles. Um, you know, network IO, IO profiles, edge cluster profiles. You're, you're going to spend, this is probably one of the better sections if you take the install configure manage class. Um, one of the better sections of that course is going through all the various profiles and everything it takes. And even just sitting in the lab and spending, you know, a couple of hours um, really getting deep into building various profiles and configuring them. Um, it, it's really good exercises to go through. Not to be confused with post profiles, of course. No, no, no. Triggered PTSD. Uh, question about the interface in general from Graham. Is there any kind of in integration between NSXT and the VCSA uh, web client, or is it completely separate? It is entire today. It is entirely separate. Um, so that is why you know you go to you know a, a specific environment to sign into it. Um, you know, vSphere is its own own animal. Um, we we connect with it, and you know, so on the on the node side here, you know, when I select, you know, this vCenter, you know, this shows me the clusters that are out there. But you know, at no point am I um, really doing anything specifically in vSphere beyond just you know prepping the hosts and installing the necessary components on the hosts. Um, you know, there's not a lot much else that I could do from inside of here to manipulate something inside of vSphere. The general concept of transport zones is still the same. Um, you know, you set up one transport zone and, you know, if you're a multi-tenant type provider and you want to ensure um, communication between multiple transport zones, it does not happen, then you would set up, you know, a specific transport zone for specific workloads. Um, it's very much along the same sort of line of, of how things work. But in this simplified UI, you know, the majority of things that you're going to do are going to be on this side of the screen. Um, the advanced networking and security side, this is the other side that we refer to as the advanced user interface. Um, and you'll even see some terminology changes here, which is, you know, not to be confusing, but it is, there's two different ways that we're going about this. And what, what this really is, is there's two different backend activities happening here. So when you're on this left side of the page, kind of before this little separator line, um, you're in the simplified UI, and everything that you do is calling out the uh, API policy manager interface. Um, and you and you know conveniently in the help button here, you can go into the API documentation um, and and you know study to your heart's content everything about NSX API. And I recommend highly that you do so. Um, but anything that you do in the advanced networking and security side of things is a whole different interface on the back end. Um, the way that it programs things is, is completely different. Um, you know, it's one of the things of, this is sort of how things were done pre 2.4. So if you upgrade, you know, a two from 2.2 to or 2.3 into 2.4, 2.5, um, those components that you upgraded over will show up in the advanced view. They will not show up in the simplified UI. Um, and then, and that's, that's also some stuff you'll kind of, you might get some questions on the test about um, potentially where, you know, you, you know, you, you say you created something in, in the advanced UI and it's not showing up um, in the other one. And, you know, why is that? Uh. All right. There it goes again. So that's just sort of the, the quick intro to the user interface. Any questions in this other, other than that one? Not about the interface specifically. We did have a, another one. And it was more about overlays and, and VXLAN and stuff like that before jumping in. Should I just tell oh. them, tune into a future <laughs> episode? 
So yeah, no, the, the quick answer on overlay is uh, VXLAN is, is no longer part of the NSX family. Um, NSXT now uses a, a different uh, VXLAN protocol cousin called Geneve. Um, the, uh, the, the simplest explanation I can give for the change is Geneve does everything VXLAN does, but better. Um, and, you know, I'll, I will leave it to much smarter people like Paul Mancuso to explain in detail why those decisions were made. Um, and another question related to the interface now that you're still in it. For folks who, um, is there a long-term plan for those of us that started on 2.1 and upgraded to 2.4 and now have our configs only on the advanced side? And, and so was the end of that question, is there a way to get them into the simplified UI? And that's what it sounds like. Okay. Uh, I can um, interpret. I, I, I have not heard anything specific to that, but it's some another thing that I will look into. Yes, I can see that as being a very frustrating point. Right. So I guess if we go back to the uh, Geneva VXLAN questions specifically, yeah. will it run over uh, a VXLAN uh, on the physical network? And I'm not sure if he's asking, will it be VXLAN encapsulated or can it run on a network that's using VXLAN, say a Cisco network that is using VXLAN already? Uh, the, the, I guess the, the quick answer is, is we don't care what the underlay is. Um, you know, if, if we, as long as, you know, just, just like with NSX for vSphere, as long as we have, you know, basic IP communication between each host, um, you know, we have layer two connectivity between each host, then that's all we need. Um, you know, we, if, if that layer two, you know, if, if you have a fancy enough network, like, you know, say you're running, you know, Cisco fabric, like ACI, um, you know, we have full, um, design recommendations for how to do NSX on top of a, a network fabric like ACI. And, you know, so if you, if you need to do that kind of a deployment, certainly can be done. Um, but, you know, you'll want to work with um, either a partner who's really good at it or, or even VMware itself to kind of ensure that you're following certain guidelines when it comes to that kind of advanced deployment. All right, so real quick, you know, because of, of the Geneve changeover, and this is actually good timing on that end of things, um, and I see I've got like five minutes left, Ken. So You've got as long time. as you want. Oh, geez, okay. But, you know, these folks tuning in, they only have five minutes. So. Yeah. Um, so, you know, obviously, you know, different hosts support different things. So, you know, if you're rolling this out into an existing environment and you're not doing it on new hardware, um, you know, these are some of the filters you want to throw into the compatibility um, matrix to start searching things to make sure that, you know, your hardware will be compatible with NSXT. Manager appliance sizing. Um, you know, so, the, so the, the main thing to note here is the extra small size is really only supported for the cloud service manager for or NSX cloud. So if then that's, that's where um, you're, do, you're connecting your on-prem NSXT deployment to NSX cloud out in like Azure or AWS. Um, you know, that cloud service manager basically just issues instructions out to your cloud service. And so the only time you'll, you'll deploy that extra small one is for that service only. Um, other than that, you know, you're pretty much going to be using you know, medium or large deployments for everything. Uh, hypervisor bare metal requirements, you know, definitely check your vSphere interoperability matrix for the vSphere side of things. Um, if you happen to be running KVM, which I have never seen a customer running it, but and, and if you are, reach out to me on Twitter because I want to know if, some, if, if somebody's actually using KVM in production, especially KVM in production with NSX. Um, I would like to hear that story. Um, and then, you know, so you, you know, these are sort of the, just the general guidelines um, for deploying in those sort of environments. These, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling time crunched, so I'm going to start to speed up, so bear with me.
So hypervisor hosts are a bit less restrictive. Hardware must be supported by, you know, via the vSphere version, but it can get a little complicated. Um, you know, in case it runs an edge VMC, edge CPU requirements, you know, you'll want to kind of keep up on the, because those edge nodes, again, can be um, sometimes very resource intense, um, especially if you turn on that enhanced data path mode, um, you know, and, and there are specific NIC driver requirements um, for hosts that are running that enhanced data path mode as well. So again, not something you turn on just to turn it on. So good trivia for configuration maximum trivia for, for later, if anybody wants to be, you know, quizzing each other on Twitter. And I think one of the, the key points to note there is the number of bare metal servers at 300. Um, you know, I'm sure we'll potentially see that go up, but I think we'd also like to not see it. We'd like to see more people be moving stuff into a virtual workload um, and get some of those bare metal old legacy applications retired. Wouldn't we all love that, Ken? No, I thrive on the legacy. <laughs> And the, the other kind of key, key thing to note, there's the network latency between NSX management nodes. Um, you know, that's where, you know, yeah, if you're, if you're getting real fancy with your NSX managers and, you know, deploying them in different clusters and different sides of the country, it's probably not a great idea. Um, you want to keep those things close together so they can stay um, good and in sync with each other. Uh, one question from Nathan wants to know, in typical production environments, do you see physical edges? I, I actually do have um, customers that are de deploying exclusively physical edge nodes, um, you know, and, and again, for, you know, some of the ones that I have, all of my customers are you know, healthcare related. And so they deal with um, really, you know, mission critical applications. And so for them, the speed and the advanced um, resources that they, they get out of having those, they exclusively run them physical. Um, so yes, I do see a lot of that. Uh, this is just again highlighting the differences between the advanced, the simplified UI that I showed in the actual demo and uh, the advanced UI, and how we interact with these things. So, talking through this a little bit more, the simplified versus the advanced. You know, what's the real difference? The real difference again is you know how things are done underneath. Um, on the simplified, everything you click is really just sort of making API calls and, and using the policy manager API framework, um, which, you know, if, if you're familiar with how to do, how to do REST APIs, even a little bit, um, you know, learning how to do that in conjunction with NSXT, you know, is like, you know, learn NSXT first. The next, the next logical step after that is learning how to manipulate NSX with REST APIs. Just gonna skip through some stuff here. We showed. Okay. So again, the the other kind of areas where you know you would use the advanced UI versus the simplified UI, um, you know, is in a container scenario for you know OpenStack or you know various cloud management platforms and integrations. Um, you know, they would they will be still sending things into the advanced UI. Um, and also for some specific distributed firewall settings for you know, being able to turn some things off, you'll see that only in the advanced side. But the vast majority of things that you will be using is gonna be in the simplified UI. Um, and that's really where we're steering people to start. Um, you know, when, when they're creating things, making sure they're creating them in the simplified UI. By the way, Brendan, to answer one of your earlier questions, Timothy says he was just working with somebody using RHV, uh, I'm guessing Red Hat virtualization, in production. Very cool. Doesn't mention if they were using NSXT with it, though. 
Okay. So these are, you know, config supported only from one side or the other. Um, so yeah, so like the, the main thing to point out here is, you know, working with guest introspection is only supported from a simplified UI experience. Um, you know, guest introspection is our sort of the, the way like a third party vendor like Trend plugs in their antivirus um, into the environment. So that was done in, you know, V in NSX for vSphere passed through specific partner integrations um, directly through NSX manager. Um, it still kind of works that way today, but you know, the, the setup of that is done in the simplified UI. All right. Should we go for like a couple more minutes or how should we wrap this up? What you think is important is what you should include. Uh, I will invite folks if you need to go somewhere, you can hop off, but we can record for a few more minutes. All right. like cool. Let me, I'll, I'll quickly run through this, this, this section and then I'm done. So ultimately, uh, the, the, when it comes to policy management, like I said, this is sort of the next layer of NSXT. Um, and, I, and I see this as, go, the, as going forward, you know, um, especially a way for scale out organizations to manage an NSXT at scale if you're doing, you know, thousands upon thousands of hosts, um, you know, work, working with things in a, in a consistent way um, and with, you know, central visibility and alerts and infrastructure agnostic policy, all these kinds of things, um, you know, and ongoing monitoring, the, these are done best through on um, the understanding and consumption of policy um, and policy anymore, you know, doesn't necessarily just mean security policy policy today means um, everything. It's a holistic approach to applying um, changes to an NSX environment. And then the, the new declarative policy framework in the policy management API, um, it allows users to define what they want to get out of the system very much. It's, it's, it's very much in, I want this to do that thought process when you're writing out the policy. And it makes it very simple to deploy complex constructs in MSX. Um, you know, and it's, I, I've even heard somebody in a class say, you know, basically telling the system, bake me a chocolate cake and it will do it. I've yet to see the actual cake come out, but, you know, it's there. So, and again, NSX policy, yeah, it is, it is more than just security. I mean, it's, you know, we used to define security policies and security groups and those kinds of things, and that's all we talked about. But now in policy, we can define, you know, networking constructs, firewalls, load balancers, VPN services, third-party service integrations. I mean, we can do this all in one single document and apply it, you know, at, at the click of a button. Um, and it's really just driving simplifications in, in allowing scaling to our, our customers' environments more than ever before. So th these are sort of, the, again, the two uh, ways that things get applied in the environment. So the declarative side is, is what happens when you're doing the, um, the simplified UI, and then the imperative version is what was happening with um, the advanced user interface. Um, uh, you know, yeah, the key, key thing to point here is, you know, when you're creating policies in a declarative way, you're not limited by what order things get put in um, versus in the old way on, on the imperative, you had to do things in a very specific order. Um, you know, with, with the declarative way, you can basically say, you know, just I want it to do this. So build these constructs and just go and it just does it. And so this is a view of uh, the NSX manager and how it applies policy from the top down. Um, you know, so we come in to that declarative interface policy engine layer and it you know, pushes things down you know, through the manager layer into the control plane um, into that realized you know, config state. So the policy model hierarchy, you know, the, the key things to note here, you know, if you're, if you're deploying um, or if you want to write a call for, for anything, you know, the, everything is sort of written in a parent-child relationship way. So if you, you know, if you want to run a call on a specific port, you know, you can, you know, know that just by looking at this you know, tree, the tree kind of, you know, it runs everything. So if you want to run a call for a specific port, you know, or you run it off of infra segments port. 
Um, you know, and all, and also, you know, there are lateral connections here that aren't shown, but each one of these things is, is relative to itself and its neighbor. Um, and, and the, the, so the, it's, again, it's really trying to simplify the overall way that you map out your API policies. And then, you know, the only speci other specific thing is, you know, instead of posting things in a, you know, like postman, um, you know, we're not, we're not just posting things. We do what, what referred to as a patch and a patch basically applies everything all at once. So again, the, one of the way things worked in the advanced API workflow, you were building all these segments out one thing at a time and you have to do it in this order or nothing works. Um, and you know, if, if in that, it was really complex and really difficult. And so that's where we moved to this declarative policy management plane where we can say and build this whole structure in one document, you know, hit apply and it will build the entire environment, um, you know, in one click. And then if you want to roll something back, you can roll, roll back the whole thing or roll back a component of it or change one component. Um, and it's just one call to deploy everything. So it's a really, you know, simplified, you know, simplified way to kind of, you know, scale out and plan your environment. And it's just, again, one single patch call that applies all of this to the environment. Really, really, really powerful stuff. So, you know, and it's, it's ultimately, yeah, trying to get you know, those API calls, re you know, reduced down to, you know, a single JSON that, you know, we're, again, what used to be 33 calls is now down to one. Um, so really powerful stuff that, you know, as you progress through your NSXT journey, you know, again, first step is learning sort of how stuff all works and the policy management and declarative policy management APIs is sort of step two. Um, so with that, that is actually all I had. Awesome. Thanks so much, Britton. I am uh, checking here for actual serious questions and I don't see any, but I will give folks just a, a minute to get in any last questions. Uh, Tony, I'm sorry I didn't ask about weekend at Vernie's, but there will be a VRNI uh, session coming up at a, uh, at a future date. I think April 8th will be uh, VRNI with Matt Jeff. Yeah, Matt, and don't don't miss that session with Matt. He is a a really really amazing guy. He does a really nice job. Awesome, and yeah, I am seeing. Thank you, great content, good session. Thanks, Britton, all that kind of stuff. Not actual questions. So I think we will call it a night, and I will stop recording. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. Yep. Thank you.